Hi, this is Pastor JC. I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast here at Faith Outreach Church. We want to invite you anytime you're in the area to come by and visit us at 3001 Wallace Avenue here in Terre Haute, Indiana. Sit back and enjoy today's message. And Pastor Kimberly Pitt, Pate, Pitt, Pitt, <laughs> sorry about that. I've been writing pain and I keep going back and it's not P-A-N-E, it's P-A-T-E. Um, she is a 1995 graduate of Rama Bible Training Center. She's a 2017 graduate of Cornerstone Word of Life School of Ministry. She currently serves as the, as the administrator of that ministry, is that correct? Hallelujah. And she is founder and president of Bunker Military Outreach Ministries, which serves and reaches out, ministers and helps veterans who are in distress. Hallelujah, what a worthy cause. What a worthy cause. She is anointed teacher and preacher of the gospel. She believes firmly in the ministering of laying on of hands in the ministry of grace. She does women's uh, meetings quite frequently. And of course, as I said before, she is soon to be our senior pastor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are blessed. We are blessed. So come up here, Pastor Kimberly, and preach to us. <laughs> preach the word. Thank you, Becky. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you. Hallelujah. So good to be here. Let's turn it down just a tad there, please. It's a little hot for me. Glory to God. God is so good. I don't know about y'all, but if I have to follow Becky in preaching, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Girlfriend can throw it down, can't she? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that all of you are here today. I'm very grateful that it's come together the way it has. I just want to recognize a few people just so we know because, I mean, most of us are church folk or faith outreach people, but we have people from all kinds of churches that have come, and we're so grateful that you're here. But a few people I want to acknowledge, as you know, I said I had somebody that just shocked me. This is Stephanie, Reverend Stephanie Pack. Stephanie and I were Rama, uh, roommates, and we've been uh, best of friends for almost 30, right at 30 years. We talk on a regular basis. We talk during the week. We talk in the mornings. We talk. We just talk. And um, we share everything. We've been believing partners for a long time. We agree together. We pray over things and just awesome. And just for you, Pastor People, excellent minister of the gospel, teacher of the word. She is with uh, Pastor Daryl Huffman. That's the church she comes out of in West Virginia. And just an absolute blessing uh, for you if you ever look in that vein. Because I'm telling you, girlfriend is really good. There's one on YouTube not too long ago that they did. She did. And me and Julie watched it. It's really good. Uh, the other person is, uh, here's Julie Tony. Miss Julie is from Cornerstone Word of Life Church. And Julie does the Bible Institute side, the first two years of our school. She does that like I do school of ministry. So she is uh, Pastor Belinda's other right hand. Pastor Belinda has two right hands. Um, did all of you know Pastor Belinda Tolliver? Most of you do, our, one of our associate pastors there. Uh, but she helps with that side. And then this is Mandy. Mandy is stepmom to Jackie. Jackie is, uh, works for our church staff. Uh, she is an administrative person in our office. But Jackie is also one of my school of ministry students. And she graduates in June. Woo! 
That is excellent. Uh, just for you, so you know, we have Bible Institute, and it is a two-year course the first two years, and it's just foundational. But then school of ministry is for people that are called to the five-fold ministry gift. So if you're one of the five-fold and you feel called, they, uh, Pastor Mark and Rhonda Garver have huge grace to train you. And so you come in and you, you set up underneath them, and I'm telling you, it is almost um, master degree level kind of work. It's a lot of, it's a lot of work. And uh, by the grace of God, I went through that as well uh, under the unction, which we'll talk about that of him sending me through that and didn't understand why, but we'll get to that in the sermon. But uh, excellent thing, but she graduates. And don't know where that's going to take her, so we're going to see what that does. Amen. And then we have Miss Kay Garver. That is Pastor Mark's mom, my other mother. I call her mom. And uh, Miss Kay is one of our praying people. She prays over us, and we're just so grateful that she came. We talked her into coming this past couple weeks ago, and so yay, I'm glad she came. Uh, and then the other ladies, we've got two family members. we got Cheryl and we got Judy, their families, and Miss Kay. And of course, y'all know Miss Margaret. She's... She's uh, Pastor Rhonda Coyne's mom. So uh, just really grateful that they all came in and, uh, and were decided to be a part of what we got going on today. I tell you, you know, just in preparing for this, I did a sermon several years ago at our women's ministry of our own, and me and Laura Mayer, Reverend Laura Mayer, uh, ministered on something. We had a meeting called Jesus and Biscuits and Everything Else is Gravy. <laughs> Ain't that something? Hey, y'all, we, we did gravy out of a fountain. I mean, how, you know, then made the men jealous, and the men said, can we have that? And so, no, but we'll put it in a bowl for you, and we serve them biscuits and gravy at their men's fellowship. Amen. So, uh, but uh, with that, the Lord had really given me a message on something, and your text today is going to come out of Luke 1, and I'm going to pull a Dr. Mary Francis. We're going to say some of the words so we're legal. All right, we're going to share the word. I'm going to give you some of the scriptures because we are going to be legal that you've got word that's based on the word. But at the same time, there's going to be a lot of me sharing to you of some personal things that one, I thought would be really good for our ladies at Faith Outreach to learn a little bit about me. But two, just to tell you how God does things. I am just some completely amazed that you know, for a long time in my life when I was trying just to figure out what I was doing, you know, I was always this kid that... Uh, I just was active all the time. I talked all the time. I got in trouble because I talked all the time. And, uh, you know, just a lot of things about myself I didn't quite understand, you know, and learning about what, who I was and what about me that I needed to do. And, and, uh, and, you know, the Lord just made sense of a whole lot of things for me. And I found out that it was all right that Kimberly was able to do what Kimberly needed to do and be who she was, you know, even though my daddy tanned my hide a few times when I was being me, you know. But that's all all right because I needed that sometimes too. But, um, you know, I think as women, and I, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think all of us can probably identify with it right now. Uh, as women, as mothers, as daughters, as wives, soon-to-be wives, uh, all of that, I believe that we, we lose ourselves somewhere. I know that raising my kids, you know, I went from being Kimberly and then I became a wife and then I had children and I was a stepmother on, on top of that. I had a daughter that I got, uh, she was eight and uh, we're very close. And so I became all these things and then I learned that what I ended up doing was setting myself aside at some point in my life because I became what they needed. You know, and so what I did is I just took some of me and I just said, God, I'll just sit on the back burner because my role's different right now. And you know what? I was truly okay with that. I was glad that, you know, I was always wanted to have children. 
and uh, had to believe God for children. That's another thing. I had uh, trouble having children. Uh, for a long time, I had miscarriages, and I couldn't have children. I couldn't even have a normal cycle on my own. Sorry, mention that. We got a man in the room, but it's all, all good. So, um, but anyway, I couldn't have went. I couldn't have children on my own, and I struggled. I really struggled. And uh, but you know, God is faithful, and I remember things He tell me to do. So, if there's anybody in this room, and I just feel led to say this at this point, it really doesn't have anything to do with my sermon right now, but I think it'll help you. Uh, one of the things that I learned, I did things by faith. I remember one day I was sitting on the couch and I was believing God for children and I was really having a hard time. I mean, I was going in every single month. I couldn't even produce eggs on my own. I was at the point they were going to send me off for what they, in, in Alabama, they'll send you to Birmingham. That's where the specialists are. And so they were going to send me to Birmingham because they just got to the point they didn't know what to do with me. And I remember one time I was sitting on my couch and the Lord said, uh, mothers believing for babies have maternity clothes. And I went, what? Like, I am not pregnant, God. You know, you know this. He said, they have maternity clothes. So you know what I did? I went and bought maternity clothes and hung them in my closet by faith. Hung them in my closet. Well, then one time I, I was thinking because we were believing God for babies, I'd had another miscarriage by this time, and the Lord said, you need baby clothes if you're going to have babies. So I went and bought baby clothes. I went and washed them in baby clothes detergent. And I washed them and I cleaned them and I, I hung them up and prepared. But you know what? One night changed my life of Pastor Mark Garver in a service. After I'd, we'd been standing, we'd been believing. I, I was just, okay, y'all were here at this time because Destiny was born. I think y'all had moved here already. We had tons of people believing God with us. And I was sitting on platform, and Pastor Mark turns around, and he comes over and lays his hand on my head. This was in July of 1999. And he come and laid hands on me and, and, and prayed for me that, I would, uh, that my body would function. That's what he said. He commanded it to function. I didn't think nothing of it. I was like, okay, that's great. That was July. August, I got pregnant. Now, mind you, I had not been able to stay pregnant. I could get pregnant, couldn't stay pregnant. So I just, he just prayed for me. That was in August of 99. Well, the devil tried several things to tell me that it wasn't going to happen, tried to give me same, you know, I had symptoms that make you think I was going to miscarry, all kinds of stuff. And I said, no, 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 no. He commanded my body to function. That means that my body has to hold on to what's in there, you know? And so Noah was born in May of 2000. Y'all, and then I was on birth control. Y'all, I got pregnant with Zach five months later. After Noah was born. 14 months apart. God fixed it. Like, for real, birth control and all. See, God, God is so good. When God does things, and, and one of some things we're going to talk about today, the things that God does are not matched to anybody. Not one other person could have done that for me. Yes, there was something natural we had to do. Y'all all know that. But my body was not working. My body was functioning. And the only way that I was able to get there was by the power of the Holy Ghost. Hands laid up on me, commanding my body to function. How? In the name of Jesus, which provided an opportunity for my body to get in line with this. That's it. That's all I had to do, was get in line with the Word. And so I have two healthy boys. Uh, he was nine pounds and four ounces and 22 inches long. 
And then Zach come that five months, you know, that 14 months later, and he was nine pounds, nine ounces, and 22 and a half inches long. I could have probably, should believe for a smaller baby. Shouldn't I have done that? <laughs> Whew. Anyway, thank God that's all over. And they're indicative of personality, just so you know. I had to push forever to get Noah here, and I have to do that now. And Zach is just in your face, you know? It's just the way life is. Amen. All right. We're going to get to the sermon, I promise. All right. So, so go on, let's go back to the thing of you lose yourself. You know, you forget who you are. You, you take on the responsibility of a lot of things, and you forget who you are. So we're going to do a little exercise, and I want everybody to participate. You can do it in your seat. I want everybody to close your eyes. Nobody looking around. I want you to go back to where you were when you were little, things that you dreamed about when you were a kid or when you was a teenager. Get a picture of it just really quick. What did you see yourself doing? Where did you, you think you'd do? What goals did you have? Now, without looking around, how many of you are doing what you had in your heart all those years? With your eyes closed, raise your hands. How many of you had your had it, Close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes so nobody feels. How many of you are doing? Okay, you can open your eyes. Let me tell you. God, in the beginning of your life, put graces on the inside of you. He put giftings. He put calls. That don't mean you're called to fivefold necessarily. But he put it in there. Why? You got something to accomplish. See, I think sometimes that we get into place, because you know, the, the topic that the Lord gave me, this is something that he gave me with this sermon. Uh, the, the words that I kept hearing uh, several years ago when I got this, you know, every, everywhere you, you hear, and you know, in the body, don't you hear people ask you if you're a Martha or Mary? Don't you hear people ask you that? Don't you say, you know, are, are you being Martha? Because, you know, you're not, you know, you're all in the uproar over, you know, natural things. But are you marrying at the feet of Jesus and giving yourself? Don't, have you heard that? How many's heard that? Everybody relax a little bit. We're all good. All right. So, I mean, but that's, that's what you hear. I can remember hearing that growing up in the church. And I can remember hearing that, especially since I come over to the message of faith, you know, and, and came over into a Raymond church. I heard that a lot because... You know, people say, oh, you're busy about things. You don't need to be busy about, you know, that kind of stuff. But this is what the Lord gave me. And we're going to look at it in Luke 1. And what he asked me was, is are you an Elizabeth or are you a Mary? Do you know who Elizabeth is? Elizabeth was John the Baptist's mama. Elizabeth was the cousin to Mary. Let's look in Luke chapter 1. I may need my reading glasses. Y'all, it's awful. Have contacts and still have to have reading glasses. Everybody good? Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. We're, we're going to get into just a little bit of it, and then we're going to get into some more storytelling that'll, that'll just help us all. So if you look in Luke chapter 1, we're not going to read it all, but uh, if you look at it, you know, the whole thing about, uh, about Elizabeth and her husband, uh, Zacharias, is that they were righteous people. He was a priest, you know, and, and in here, when you look at it at the beginning, he had to go, you know, it was his time to go serve in the temple, you know, and the angel appeared to him and told him that uh, you're going to have a son, and he was like, how in the world is this going to be? And the angel says, okay, you don't believe, so I'll just make you where you can't speak. Wouldn't it be nice if some... Yeah. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, with that, they he went through the point, but Elizabeth, it says, what does it say? She was what? Very old. I don't know about y'all, but I'm 55. 
I can't imagine having kids at 55 years old. And she probably may have been older than that. I really don't know. But you know, the whole thing is, is that she was barren. There was, not, there was nothing there that was cooperating with her and Zacharias at all in the natural for her to have a child, right? And then you know that she's cousins to Mary, which on the other hand, if you look at Mary, Mary was what, 14? I can't, I can't imagine being pregnant at 14 either. But you know what? God chose her. God had something, to, needed somebody to get Jesus in the earth. Had to use somebody to do that, right? So let's go down and let's see. I think I want to read. Let's start reading because we know the story. We know Elizabeth couldn't have a, you know, didn't have any baby. She was barren. Then she gets pregnant in her old age. Zacharias can't talk, right? And then we know later on in the story, we know that uh, once he's born, that's when he got his speech back. But I think he got his speech back after he agreed to name him John. And after he said, okay, I will agree with that, with what you're saying, God. I believe God manifested in order in him to be able to speak again. But, um, you know, which in that time, if you read it here, it tells you that that was just uncommon for people uh, to not name them after family names. They thought they were doing something kind of crazy. But you know what? God said, what? Call him John. Right? And we're going to talk about what John means. But if you look down into... Let's see. Let's look at verse 39. This is where the, uh, Mary visits Elizabeth. And it says, Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But, but why is this granted to me that the, the mother of my Lord should come unto me? For indeed, as soon as the voice to your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord." And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for He has regarded the lowly state of His maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For He who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is His name, and His mercy is on those who fear Him from generation to generation." He has shown strength with his arm, and he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. And he has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. And he has filled the hungry with food, with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. And he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. It says, and, then, and Mary remained there about three months and returned to her house. And then you know, Mary had John. They named him John. Then later on, you know that Mary, I mean that Elizabeth had John, and they named him John. And then you know Mary and Joseph had Jesus, right? So, one of the things that the Lord showed me in this, and we'll, we're going to let me talk about something first, and then we'll come back to it. So, as a kid, uh, I told you that I talked all the time, and uh, I did a whole lot of other things too. I cheered, I jumped, I leaped. I sang. I about drove my mama crazy. I was always in the house all the time. I was always running through the house. I was singing all the time. I was jumping all the time. I was doing herkies all the time. I was doing cartwheels all the time. I was doing handstands. All the, I was just all over the place. And uh, 
I was just active. And so, uh, and being with that, I grew up, I did a lot of things, I played a lot of sports. My brothers, I had brothers in my house, but they did not play any sports whatsoever. And so I was the tomboy in my house. And I ran my mother to no end from when we started playing ball at nine years old until I graduated high school. We went to every, she, I ran her according to what season we, we were in was what a court or field I was on. And so I cheered during that time. And uh, when I was in, I think seventh, no, I was ninth grade. I was in ninth grade. And uh, we're just going to talk about things because the things that we're going to identify with and I'm going to share with you about myself is all connected to how I am today. The giftings never changed. I didn't understand what was in there and why they were in there like I do today, but I'm gonna help you recognize that it's the same way for you. See, there's things that are on the inside of you that God placed on the inside of you that are needed to be able to do what He needs to do in the earth, and it is our responsibility to recognize those and get in our place in order to do it. Amen? So, and I didn't recognize, so I'm going to help you. you. Some of you, the wheels are going to start turning because you're going to start realizing, I didn't realize that, that what I've been like that is necessary. It's necessary. God made you unique. God called and gifted and graced you uniquely. Why? We know why. I know why. Do you know why? Because God's got stuff for you to do. There's a harvest to be brought in. See, I can't, me and Pastor J.C. have talked about this many times. He kept telling me, he kept telling me as we would pray over this meeting and stuff that we talk about, he said, you just need to go be you. Just do you, Kimberly. Just do you, you know. And I'm like, okay, I'll just do me. I'll be all right with that. And, uh, you know, and, and just do what I know to do and how I know to do it because my gifts and graces are different than yours. And that's okay. You know what? Because it takes every piece of the puzzle to make it up. So it's all good. So, um, so anyway, so ninth grade, I was cheering. Uh, I was the type of cheerleader, and, uh, and if anybody was a cheerleader in, in here, and you were like this, you know, no harm, no foul, but this is just me. This is the way I was. Uh, I understood the game, so I understood everything. I understood what it meant when the football game was going on. I knew what they did. I understood the rules. I understood, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And so when I cheered, I was not really in it to necessarily wear the cheerleading uniform and to be cute. That's just, that was just not my personality. And so I watched the game. I knew, you know, my, and this is no exaggeration, there were times that my cheerleading friends, they were cheering uh, offensive cheers and we were on defense. And I, I just was like, it bothered me and I'm just like, we need to be, they're on defense now. And so, uh, but we did that and I remember one game in particular, um, our, it was ninth grade and we were trying to get to playoffs. And uh, we lost. So we got done, and I told my mom, and I said, I want to wait on the football team. Can I do that, wait on the football team in the gym? And uh, I want to tell them they all played a good game. And my mom said, okay. Everybody else gone home. I went in, and I sat in the gym, and I waited because we had the old gym at the time, and I sat down at the old gym, and they had to come out of the locker room. I was the only one sitting on the bleachers waiting on them when they came out. They were, they were really upset and devastated. Now, I mean, I know it's football, y'all. It's ninth grade football. It's not that, it's not earth shattering, okay? I get that. But at the same time, it's important to them. And, you know, I understood that because I was a competitor. So I understood that. And so I, I shook every one of their hands, told them all congratulations, you know, on a great season and so sorry that they lost, you know. My mom patiently waiting out in the car, you know, bless her heart. And, uh, and so didn't think nothing about it. So then I get to school. That was on a Friday. I get to school on a Monday morning. 
and you have homerooms. Do y'all still have homerooms here? And you have to go to the homeroom. Had homeroom, and I was in the homeroom. And uh, all of a sudden, they start coming into me, and they're like, Kimberly, they called me Kim there, just so you know. And so they were like, Kim, uh, the football team's out here to see you. And I'm like, what? What do they want to? And I wouldn't go outside. I'm like, I'm not going out with all them boys. What is wrong with them? Why are they coming in? I mean, seriously, I'm like freaking out, you know. And, uh, and they're all like, they want you to come outside. They want you. And I said, I am not going outside those doors. I'm not doing it. Why are they wanting me? I don't know. So anyway, they just finally said, here, pass the note. So they, the football team passed this note and passed it up to me. I still have it. Probably should have pulled it out and brought it today. But the note was talking to me. And what they did, they all wrote me a note and signed it and thanked me for supporting them. Oh, isn't that sweet? But listen, that was me. That's my personality. I was a cheerer at heart. I was an encourager at heart. I was somebody that wanted you to win at heart. And that's just the way I wanted to do it. And I, and I, I just, I wasn't trying to, to win nothing with any of them. I was just being me. Okay? So that's one instance. And so, uh, you know, I, as I went on in life and, uh, you know, I got off away from God for a little while when I was about, I'd say probably 8, 17, 17 years old or so until I got about 23. But I can remember because, see, I didn't understand why, what in me like that, what, what, what part of that God was using. Do you understand? I didn't understand how necessary that was. I didn't understand that made up of something that God made me. I just thought it was just a quality because I just, I mean, y'all, I love football. I do. I've told Pastor JC, we got to have some football up in here. I don't know what to do about that. We're going, we're going, you saw his Alabama tag. Y'all seen his Alabama tag on his truck? Don't it look nice? It's really good. We got some Alabama football tag on the front of that truck. Glory to God. Uh, it's all good, you know. So, uh, I mean, he's wearing it loud and proud. I'll just tell you right now. And, um, and so, I mean, he even has an Alabama shirt. Isn't that nice? Uh, my mama made sure he had one so that he has something to wear. Miss Julie gave him one, so he's got, he's got his gear. But, um, but anyway, um, I mean, I just thought that it was just because I was just that way because I just enjoyed sports. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know I was what it was about, you know. I, I had no understanding. But then it came along, and I went to Bible Institute, and I had to do Bible Institute in sections. You know, a lot of times people go all two straight two years and they get it done. But I had babies. I had stuff going on in life sometimes, and, and life was not always good. And so I was just trying to get done and get finished. But I remember one Sunday night, I come into class, to Pastor Belinda's class. And, uh, and so I had come in. I had to come in late. I, had, I think I had a job that day. Excuse me. And I came in and I sat down in the back of the room because I didn't, I was, originally my seat assignment was in the front, but I sat in the back so that I wouldn't disturb anybody. And she's talking about when she uh, was little that she used to take her stuffed bears and she would line them up on the couch and she would teach to those bears. She said, I've always been a teacher. She said, I would just teach to them. She said, they were my students. And, uh, and she said it was just something I did. She said, I always found myself. She said, I was always playing school. And I was always playing teacher. And I thought, well, that's cool. And I was like, I'm not a teacher. And uh, uh, I praise God for anybody that's in the classroom nowadays. Hallelujah. Because I am not called to teach. But all of you that are, I know uh, Miss Levy, she works with kids, breasts her heart. More power to you. That's awesome. 
And so, um, but I just, you know, when she sang it, I was just thought that was great. But then all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost said in me, he said, you're a proclaimer. I thought, what is that? What is a proclaimer? I, I, I didn't know. I'd not heard that word like that. He said, you're a proclaimer. And I was like, what does that mean? So I, you know, I got wise. I went and hunted it out of Brother Hagin's stuff. He's got a book, you know, talks about the ministry gifts. And in the back of that book, he talks about a proclaimer. And it talks about a lot of times they're evangelists. So I'm thinking, hmm, that's interesting. And so, and so with that, uh, you know, I was able to get some kind of understanding of the stirring. You know, the stirring of things and how things would affect me. And how I would see things and how I would uh, understand things, it made more sense to me because God was trying to prepare me in order for me to see that it went with my gift and graces He put on the inside. Still didn't understand it all, y'all. I didn't. I just knew proclaimer. I was like, okay, I'll hold on to that. And I'll, I'll, I'll hold on to that and you'll just show me more about what it is. But now, y'all, I married when I was 23, let's see, 20. I married in 1997, so however old I was then. Um, and so uh, I was married for almost 24 years. Uh, and so in um, all that time, called to God. Called and anointed of God. My ex-husband called of God. But we just couldn't get there. I can't explain it. No need to go in all of it. It was just a lot of hard life. That's all I can say. And, uh, you know, but God faithful in every year, every day, every minute. Every second of every day, of every minute, of every year, of every day, of every week, however you want to say it, he was faithful when life was a mess. And uh, for years, I was just like, God, I don't know how to get to that. How do I get to that? I'm like, you've put something in me. I have something to say. I know I've got something to say. I've always had something to say since I was a little girl. I always, had, I always wanted to be in the conversation. I remember being at the adult table as a little kid. And when I would sit at the table, I always wanted to be in the conversation. I wanted to hear what they had to say. And I always had an opinion about something. And my daddy, I got so much trouble because my daddy would tell me I couldn't be that way. <laughs> I mean, my daddy raised us. And I, you know, bless his heart, I just love him. He's just the sweetest thing. But uh, we were to be seen and not heard. That was his, his, way, his take on it. So I got in trouble a whole lot because I just was not like that. And so, I mean, I was always heard and not seen. You know, it's just, uh, just how life was. And so, um, but anyway, but with that, I just couldn't figure out how to get there. Frustrated. Irritated. Just outright mad sometimes in some years in my life. Because I'm like, God, I know it's in there. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to get to this. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And sometimes I'd go back and I'm like, why is this happening? Why is life like this? Why is it so frustrating? I'm doing all I know to do. I mean, I'm just being real. That's the way I talk to him. And I just, you know, I'm just so frustrated so many days, many nights, just in tears and puddles, you know, and getting a shower in the morning, just a mess because I couldn't figure out how to get there. You know why? Because I felt like time was ticking away. I was, you know, I married at uh, however old I was in my 20s. I, well, I take that back. I do know. I was 29 years old. Thank you, Lord. I was 29 years old and uh, turned 30 about two months later. And then I didn't have kids until I was 33 and 34. And, uh, but the whole time, I was thinking I was just so far behind. You know, I'm just like, God, uh, can we just not do something about this? 
I just need some help here. But he was faithful. He just stuck to me. One of the best things he ever did was send me to market on to Garber. Where you are in your church is important. The pastors you sit under, it's important. The pastors God sent you to, they're necessary for your life. So he sent me the right place. And uh, they just loved me and, and loved us, loved him too. Wasn't just me. They loved my ex-husband and prayed for him and believed God for him, was there for us so many times. And uh, believed God with me to get my children here. Believed God with me when we didn't have no money. Believed God with me when we, we didn't think we was going to have a house to live in. Believed God with me when I thought we couldn't have something to drive. Believed God with me when I honestly was standing in the grocery store on food stamps because I couldn't feed my family. But God. So with that, I just kind of, you know, at one point I just think I resolved the fires like I just, it's just going to be what it is. I was frustrated. But you know what? I'll tell you something I did, and I am, not, I am not the example by any means. But something that I did is that I decided that I would plug in where I was. So, God called me to Mark and Rhonda Garver. So I plugged into Mark and Rhonda Garver. I had grace to be with Mark and Rhonda Garver. Still do until I get married. I just plugged in. I just started doing what I know. I, I, in the early days, I did nursery. Never again. Bless God. <laughs> uh, it's like my spiritual father, when I was graduating Rhema, he called me. He's like, Kimberly, I want you to apply for my, pastor, my children's pastor position. I'm like, okay. He said, I'm going to send you the application. I said, okay. I was at Rhema. Me and Stephanie were roommates. And I get the application, and it comes in, and I get the application. And at the top of the list, it says, no, you're called to children's ministry. I went, nope. That is not me. So I said, hey, I've got some friends that are, though, I've met here that are actually from my area. Would that be okay? Yes, passed the application along. They applied, hired them. Praise the Lord. And so I just knew I wasn't called to children. You know, I love y'all's children. I love my children. And, uh, yeah, and I will help when needed. So, you know, faith outreach, I, if I need to help, I don't mind helping. But, you know, oh, my goodness. And so, <laughs> woo. And so, anyway, um, so, uh, but going back to the other, I just didn't know how to get there. And I thought time was ticking away at me. And it was like the devil would make it really loud sometimes. Look how old you are. You say you're called to preach the gospel. You're never going to get to preach the gospel. You ain't ever going to get to what God called you to do. You are never, ever, you're not worthy of that. God's probably mad at you anyway because you just hadn't done everything right. Look at you. Your marriage is not good. It's failing. Look at you. You should, you should be this and you should be that. Don't you talk like that? Not giving him no glory, but don't he talk to you that way? And so... Uh, we were in service in the A-frame, and uh, pastors were out of town, and Pastor Belinda was in charge of saturation. And so she got up, Lonnie and Dana Schrader were in. How many of you know Pastor Lonnie and Dana Schrader? If you hadn't met them, you've missed half your life. And uh, I'm just telling you right now, one, Dana is whoo, and two, Pastor Lonnie is a teacher, like I'll get out. He is like a machine gun. It's like this, and he'll spit the word out at you. It is so stinking awesome. And so they, uh, they came. And so Pastor Belinda, we had service, and Pastor Belinda gets up and she says, The Lord, now I'm in the middle of my mess, y'all. 
I'm living in hard times. But you know, I was, what was I doing? I was staying plugged in. I was serving on the praise and worship team. I'm telling you, I would get up on Sunday mornings and my life be a mess, and I'd get up and my refuge was on that platform. Time after time after time. And I would get up and I would, that was where I'd find my peace and I would praise. It was the only quiet sometimes I had, even in my own mind. And so, um, so he, she said, she said he's supposed, they're supposed to pray for some people. And these are the people the Lord put on my heart. Well, guess what? I was one of them. I actually, I think I was the first on the list. I was like, what are they supposed to pray for me for? I was like, okay, whatever. So I come down. And Pastor Lonnie comes down. Him and Pastor Dana come down. And uh, he stands in front of me, and this is what he says. Age has nothing to do with it. He said, age ain't got nothing to do with it. Boy, you're talking about freeing. Because I've been holding myself, you know, trying to, trying to get there. And like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And I, I can't get there quick enough, God. I can't do it. What am I going to do? I'm going to fail you. That was my whole thing because I thought my age was determining my outcome. Well, he set me straight in like a split second and told me, Age ain't got nothing to do with it at all. Another time, I'm just telling you how just processes that he did. So you see, just laying out the, the picture. See, because you could go back and you could say, Elizabeth could have simply said that. I guarantee she said that in her heart at some point. I am old and I am barren and it, what, I, I'm too old to be doing this. This will never happen for me. This will never happen for me. This will never happen for me. And if you don't think the devil wouldn't magnify that, well, you know as well as I do he was. Because that's natural. Just speaking, and I don't know why I seem to get on this, and maybe it's helpful. It's something about a woman, if she's ever to have children, and she's having trouble for women to think something's wrong with them. Yeah, there can be physical things like that, but the enemy just you know, wants to use that as, a, as something else. I'm just telling you, it's just not so. That doesn't determine your worth. It just does not determine your worth. The desire is from God to have them. The desire I had to have children was there for a reason. And I've got children right now that are called and anointed of God. The blessings He gave me, why? God was faithful. I had a pastor that obeyed and believed in the laying on of hands and laid his hands on me and commanded my body to work. But he's faithful to it. So let's fast forward. I sang in praise and worship with Pastor Mark and Rhonda. For, I met them through Robin Garver, Pastor Mark's sister. One of those great godly connections. Met her at a baby shower or wedding shower. We was at Rama, students at Rama. She said, you need to meet my brother. Long story. She introduced me in 93 of Winter Bible Seminar to Mark Garver. How you doing? She said, she's coming home to her home church. You ever need somebody to sing? Let her know. Okay, great. Nice to meet you. Went on. And so then I get there, long story. She called me and asked me to lead their worship when we went on their honeymoon. I still go to another church. And then, long story, get married. Felt like we had to find another church. Went to Pastor Mark and Rhonda Garver. Knew when I stepped in the door, I was in the right place. But I think God knew what was coming, and we had to have that covering. We had to have that spiritual support and that somebody that would stand in the gap for us and watch over my soul. I needed a pastor that would watch over me in my family. And so, anyway, so I sang, with, I sang with praise and worship probably 16 years. 
I've been with every single praise and worship team, Cornerstone, Word of Life, Dirty's Head. Uh, I'm not singing with them currently. But you know what? I took a break for a little while. And I went back since we've been, we've been in the new building for 10 years, eight years. And uh, so I, I, when I, we started there into the new building, I went back and tried to sing. And uh, I was singing. I wasn't even singing on the microphone anymore. I used to lead, and then I would help lead. And so I just took a background position. I was standing, no microphone, just standing. And I was just singing. And every service, just right here, just gnawing at me. And I'm like, God, I don't understand this. Why is this not fitting? Why is this so complicated? Why is it like this? And why is it like that? And uh, I remember I was standing in church on a Wednesday night. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me, and he said, uh, you need to go to school of ministry. I said, are you, like, crazy? I've been to Rhema. Why do I need to go to school of ministry? I've been to Bible Institute, too. I don't need to do all that. I was like, no. I'm just telling you, y'all, I'm sassy. I'm sorry. It is just, it's just life. Pastor JC, bless his heart. Pray for him right now. <laughs> He's learning. He's learning. And so, um, so anyway, so I... Um, so I uh, asked again the Holy Ghost told me go to school of ministry and I stood just about like I'm standing right now I'm like no I don't want to do that I'm just being real y'all have y'all ever told God no don't get you nowhere does it <laughs> really don't except in a big mess if you stay there and so I finally said fine just like that fine so I go to the church. This was our church office at that time. was still in the A-frame building because we'd not, we'd not given that building over to the new owners. And I walked in, and Pastor Melissa said, what are you doing here? I said, I come to get a school of ministry application. <laughs> Just like that attitude. She said, woo, Pastor Randa, guess who's getting a ministry application? Yeah. So I'm like, oh, just keep, just keep it down. Just, you know, I, no. Because I was mad. Why? Because I'm like, that's my place over here. I've been with praise and worship forever. That's all I know, God. That's part of my gifting. So why are you not letting me do that? Like, I don't understand this. I mean, just the whole, you know, the whole conversation. And I still didn't understand it. But you know what? I obeyed. I did what he told me. I applied. I knew in my heart it was really right. I just didn't understand why. And so about, I'd say, we were in the middle of the first year, or Easter time, actually. And so it was all close to the end of that first year. And Easter time, they make the students uh, work with, uh, do something on the Easter festival. That's part of their grade for that class. And so I had, uh, I was out there doing that. And uh, uh, somebody came up to me and said something to me about me not singing anymore. Man, Kimberly, sure miss you not singing anymore. I wish they'd let you come back and sing. I mean, just feeding it, you know? Just, you know, just feeding that. And I'm like, yeah. And then the Holy Ghost. Ain't he good? I'm telling you, he has straightened me out a few times. More than I count, probably. But it's still the point is, he's always got the right word at the right time, you know? And uh, he just said, you're unbalanced. I said, well, what does that mean? I mean, y'all, I'm just like this. I really am. I'm just, uh, just like, what does that mean, God? You're, I'm unbalanced. What does that even mean? He said, you know how to flow in the Holy Ghost to sing all day long. He said, but you sure don't know how to do it to preach. I went, ow. 
No, God, I do not. So which told me, in all reality, what I really need to be doing, where I was headed. But now listen. He started connecting the dots for me to tell me that I've always been in there. The Holy Ghost knows how to get into the presence of God and taught me more the correct way of how to lead worship. So I'd gotten that for years. And now it was time for me to get what I needed to get to be equipped to do what I'm doing right now. But I didn't recognize it at the time. I just knew that's what he said. And I'm like, okay, so I made a shift. And I'm like, all right, so you're telling me that, so then I'm going to take what you're telling me. But see, the thing about it is, at the same time, my mind was battling me, thinking I was too old. I had missed my time. That I had missed my opportunity. That I had missed the chance. That how in the world, with everything going on in my life, such a mess, could God use me? How could I preach any revelation and understanding to anybody? See, God sees so different than we do. We, we, we look at it and we're like, I mean, I gave him a checklist, y'all. God, there's this and there's this and did you remember this and did you know this? And oh, by the way, if you hadn't forgotten, let me tell you this. I did it. And God said, nope. Don't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what you come out of. I don't care what you're currently living in. You keep the right heart. God, God has a lot to work with just in that one thing. Just that one thing. See, I believe that's a lot of, of, of it. I kept getting up. When I'd get knocked down and I'd get, and it wouldn't look good, and it looked like time was passing me by and I was just aging. You know what God called it? Y'all ready for this? Training. You know what God called it? Preparation. See, He didn't do things by accident by having me go to Bible Institute then having me go to school of ministry, then having me be an administrator of the school and sit under the same teaching that prepares people for ministry. So don't count where, you at, where you're at right now as nothing. You may not be where you want to be. Who is? Who's arrived? First person, raise your hand. Raise your hand. If you've arrived, please tell me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Quit putting so much pressure on yourself. Quit putting so much uh, requirement on yourself. God, don't even do that. The Holy Ghost don't do that. I remember when I was, when I was married, some of, uh, tell you a little bit about a portion of the relationship. And uh, Stephanie can testify because Stephanie and I had many conversations about the way life was for me. A lot of times that was my, my drive to work call. Mine and Stephanie's call. I heard a lot of things that I was not. I heard a lot of things that you won't ever be. I heard a lot of things, well, this is why you're doing what you're doing. You just want to be seen. I heard that a whole lot. 
And I'll be honest, I had to deal with it because my heart wasn't that way. And I'm like, I'm really not like that. Why are you saying that? And so I really battled with that in that, that fight all the time. So I was, sitting in, uh, I was sitting in Pastor Mark's class, and I think it was How to Be Led and Flow. We were in the, at that time, the class was the size that we were able to be in the same building as the main sanctuary. And I was sitting up in the sound booth. And, uh, and so with that, uh, I was sitting there, and he was given a testimony about when he was at Rama, And he was an usher at Rama when he was a student. And so he said he was in a meeting one time, I think it was uh, Winter Bible. He said, and he'd already prepared in prayer, you know, he was ready to go. And he said, and in the middle of that service, and he says, this lady stood up. And in that service, when she stood up, she took her hanky out, and she was waving her hanky, and she was just drawing, he thought, attention to herself. And all of a sudden, I think she kind of got in a position, and she just kind of kept doing, and she was doing and doing and doing. And he said, I'm going to go and correct that woman, because she needs to sit down. He said, she's distracting. And he said, and so I'm, I think I'm going to be a good usher, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to correct this woman. So he, gets, he thought that's what he's going to do. And then Brother Hagen turns around, and he says, well, Billy, what you think about that? It's Billy Brim. <laughs> How many of you know who Billy Brim is? Billy Brim is a female minister that ministers with Gloria Copeland a lot. And she ministers on the glory and on the blood. It's awesome. She's really good. She's, she's something. But her and Brother Hagen, she used to do something for him at the ministry or something, didn't she? Yeah. And so, I mean, he knew her in the spirit, basically, of how she operated and vice versa. So he was like, oh, he was like, that's Billy Bram. He said, Brother Hagen's okay with that, you know. And so he was talking about it, and he said, this is what he said. He said, he said, I was getting ready to go tell her that she needed to sit down. And he says, but then I realized Billy was being Billy. And the Holy Ghost in me in that class spoke to me. And he said, and Kimberly gets to be Kimberly. Tears flowing. Why? God told me right then and there, I was okay just like I was. And I got news for you. Y'all are just fine the way you are. You may need to make adjustments. Who doesn't? God's not asking you to be perfect. But God knows how you made. He ain't asking you to be like the person to your left and right. That's like, like me coming. Me and Rhonda, y'all, by the way, me and Rhonda met in Rhema. We were Rhema, Rhema, uh, Rhema, Rhema uh, same, class. same class. And then God's sending me up here, and here we are yeah. again. It's so awesome. Yeah. But y'all, that would be like me being like Rhonda and saying, okay, every way Rhonda is, I'm going to dress like Rhonda, I'm going to talk like Rhonda, I'm going to be like Rhonda. I just want to be Rhonda. I'm going to do everything like Rhonda. Because God loves Rhonda. God uses Rhonda. God preaches through Rhonda. God lays hands on people through Rhonda. I got news for you. I can't operate in that grace. That's right. That's right. Neither can you. Don't work that way. I got to operate in my own. And I'm happy to do it. See, if Elizabeth would have tried to operate in Mary's grace, 
Elizabeth wasn't called to be Mary. But what was in Mary needed what was in Elizabeth. See, Elizabeth carried the front runner. The one that would come and tell the Jesus coming and say, this is he. But if Elizabeth would have been trying to make herself or him something that they weren't. See, John, the word John, it means God is favorable. But what Mary carried, her being highly favored, it says she carried the answer to redemption. Two different graces, two different purposes. See, we get all caught up in the visual. We really do. We get caught up in, in how it's supposed, what we think it's supposed to be, or how you're supposed to be, or what you're supposed to look like, and how you're supposed to dress. Y'all, I wore flats today. I'm like, I'm going comfy. I'm just going to be me. Tom girl, you know, let's, let's just get it on right now. A pair of blue jeans and a t-shirt. It's awesome. So glad that we got them. But at the same time, I'm being me. Now, Marion, she is, she is flashing them red heels, girl. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Love them. You don't want me coming in here in those red heels and that size heel. We, we would, oh, Lord, help us, Jesus. <laughs> help us, Jesus. <clears throat> it would not be pretty, I'm just telling you right now. It may look good from the outside, but it sure wouldn't be good on my feet, and it wouldn't be good for balance and all the other stuff that goes with that. But you know, the thing that we need to realize, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this because the Lord gave me something to do. Um, well, two things now. Uh, we just need to realize that, that God is always working on us and we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to come have it all figured out. We don't have to come and, you know, be all together. I'm just going to be real honest. When I, when I met Pastor J.C. and we started dating, I'm like, God, you've got to be joking. What? I'm not lying. Now, mind you, I was going to go in evangelist group, and the Holy Ghost told me to go in pastor's group. In 1994, I'm like, why am I going to pastor's group? I am not called to pastor. What are you doing? God knew. But I'm just going to tell you, Every day, and I still feel like this because my head kind of swims still, y'all. It just really does. Um, when he, when he and, I, and I and Pastor JC and I started dating, I am like, God, what are you doing? A pastor? Wow, God. I'm being real. I told him the same thing. I'm like, what are you doing? And I'll tell you what he told me about it one day. I went, because you know they have the Glorious Friends group. All these Glorious Friends, they get together and they do things and they hang out together. They, they go, whatever, you know. I was in my backyard right after me and him started dating. And after we knew the direction we were headed. And I was walking my dog and I come back and I was just a fussing out in the yard. This was doing. God, I can't believe that you're doing this. I just don't understand why you're doing this. Have you just, have you just gone nuts? Like, I don't understand why you'd want me to be a pastor. Well, not only that, I don't even fit in with this group. I don't fit in with them at all. I am not seasoned whatsoever. 
I'm, not, I'm being real. I'm walking the whole yard, walking my dog around the yard, and I'm just talking, talking, talking. I come around and step up on my back porch and God, because I was thinking of how they would receive me. See, if my eyes were in the wrong place, my eyes were in everything that I thought seasoned ministers would think of me and everything else, and I was cutting myself short and saying, well, God, I do not line up with this. Have you not noticed? <laughs> That's how I talk to God, y'all. I'm sorry. I just do. I'm real. And so as soon as my foot stepped up on the pad, the Holy Ghost said to me, I place people in the body as it pleases me. I went, whoo, okay. I bit, <laughs> seriously, I bit down at that leash and my dog's leash. I said, and this is what I said, I will never question you again. Never. See, you're going to have to get comfortable in your own skin. You're going to have to get comfortable with the gift and graces God's given you. And you're going to have to be okay with it and not expect to be anybody else and not want anybody else's. Why? Because you can't flow in it no way. You won't function in it no way. You'll be miserable anyway. Why be somebody else? Be you. Because I believe God sent me to tell you today it's all right to do that, giving you a license to be you. I don't care what age you are. God's never done. He's just not. Now I'm going to do something. <clears throat> and I'm going to tell you this and then we're going to do it so we can bless our food and get our, get our lunch. That, By the way, thank you all ladies of Faith Outreach. Give them a hand. <laughs> Glory to God. They have been awesome. They've been preparing and getting things ready. Y'all have done a great job. Just abundantly above everything you can imagine. It was awesome. So thank you for it. But let me tell you something that the Holy Ghost did for me. Recent service, and I'll try to make it quick because I need to pray for a couple of people. Um, I got it by the floor, I couldn't get it by the floor. But the Lord kept giving me this vision. And he would show me, he would say, you, you proclaim the gospel, Kimberly. And he would show me proclaiming the gospel. And because he'd tell me, he said, you're a proclaimer. And he'd show me proclaiming the gospel, and then he'd show me laying hands on people. And then he'd show me proclaiming the gospel, and he'd show me laying hands on people. And as I would do that and I would obey that, people were getting affected and changed. And I was like, glory to God. Then I tried to get up out of the floor. He's like, nope, you're a proclaimer. And this went on for an hour. And he told me recently that if I share that and explain to you that that is something that he, uh, that he, he does or that he's done, that if he asks me to come, if he comes and he asks me to lay hands on something for somebody in particular, there's a reason for it. That there's an anointing. It's like Brother Hagin, you know how he touched the hands of Brother Hagin and he told Brother Hagin every time before you do it, you need to tell him the story. It's kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. And so every time he would tell me, he said, you need to tell him. Because I've been raised underneath a set of pastors that believe in the doctrine of laying on of hands. Yes. And I told the Holy Ghost, when he told me he, he was sending me to Terre Haute, I said, then what's on them better trickle down on me. I've been under them, and I have been, I've been under them. I've been under them in learning and getting graces and impartations. I expect the same Holy Ghost to move the same way, no matter what service I'm in, no matter what part of the country I'm in. I expect it to be the same. Why? You trained me for a reason. So where you are, you better be grabbing a hold of whatever it is that's on your pastors. Because there's graces and there's giftings, and there's a reason for your, where you are. You are there to be able to do your own thing, but at the same time you're there to be able to bring a supply to them in order for them to fulfill their vision. That's your place. Amen? Amen. So a couple things. One, I, I, I've always had an anointing to do this. I've done this. I did this in Chile. And I know we did the chairs, but we may not do it that way. Uh, 
I was in Chile and the Holy Ghost told me before I went that I need to pray for people believing God for babies. And uh, long story, the praise and worship leader at the church I went and preached at, I laid hands on her, she conceived, she's got one baby, now she's got two. Could not have children. Something dear to my heart. Why? Because I couldn't have children. So if that's you, and you're believing God for children, we're family here. I just want to lay hands on you. not going to make a big to-do of it. You just come right up here. If you'll come up here, I just want to pray for you. Anybody? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's going to change today, Miss Libby. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that in the name of Jesus, I say, womb, you be whole. I command you to be whole and healed. I command your body to function exactly as God said it would in order for you to conceive in the name of Jesus. Can I lay hands on your belly? Father, I thank you for the power of God going in into this body, making things work for her and Cliff. I thank you, Father, for the power of God making it available, bringing forth the miracle that she's desired in her heart, the desire that you placed on the inside of her. Father, I thank you for good report. I believe that it will be so. I believe that it will be today and that for going from now that she'll be changed because the anointing has come. Rectifying, putting in place, rearranging, supplying, creating those things that her body needs. In Jesus' Today's a marking. It's a marking for Libby and Cliff today. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mama, you better get ready. You grandbaby coming. So you might as well just go ahead and just go shopping. Act of faith. Grandbaby coming. And I'm gonna be here to enjoy it. Whoop! I'm excited about that. Hallelujah. All right, the other thing the Lord told me to do was to ask for the pastors that came from the other churches, if you will, come up here. Just stand. Kind of stand. We're going to kind of do a circle. Kind of. Now, all of you sitting out there, I was praying this morning. Me and Pastor JC was praying this morning. And I saw myself do this. And I want you to agree with us because what you're seeing right here they all represent other churches in our region. God's wanting to do something. Do you understand? Revival's coming. We better get ready. I told God, I said, you ain't sending me there just to do nothing. 
I'm a doer. I'm a worker. I tell Pastor JC that all the time. I said, I'm just busy. I'm sorry. I'm always busy. But you know what? We got stuff to do. We got work to do. So we're going to hold hands and we're going to begin to pray. But what I want you to do is pray and release your faith with us because I believe impartations of the Holy Ghost are going to be given today in order for us to step out into the new way. He told, he told Pastor JC the other night through uh, Nancy Dufresne, he said there's a new flow. There is a new flow for faith outreach. All of faith outreach ladies said, Amen. But there's something for this region. I believe I'm going to take the prophecy of Brother Hagen. He said it started in St. Louis. Didn't he say that? And it's going to move this direction. We're going to be a part of that. So those of you that are with your churches, if you're here, you need to be believing God with your pastor. You understand? And if they're not here, you need to pass it along to your church members when you go back wherever you go and tell them this is what we're believing God for. Okay? So let's go around and y'all take hands and don't you come around. So, Father God, we thank you so much by the Holy Ghost, Father. We obey what you said in prayer today. Father, we lift up our hands and we lift up our voices, Father, and we thank you for what you have for us. Father, we're going to take hold of it. We're going to take hold of the glory for this region. We're going to take hold of the glory you've done for this region. We agree, we agree and take hold. We thank you, Father, for the Holy Ghost, for the gifts of the Spirit, Father. We thank you for the message of faith. We thank you for the preaching and teaching of the gospel. Father, we thank you for every gift in this circle, Father, the preaching gifts, Father, the anointing, the graces, their husbands, Father. We thank you and agree together as pastors, Father. We come together and we say we are not allowing the enemy to take this region. We take it by faith. We take it for the Jesus. We take it for the Jesus. Oh, we give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you, Father, that we're unified, that we come together and we're in unity and of one accord, and we protect our spaces and our graces. Oh, we protect our places and our graces in the Spirit. Father, lifting each other up, being sensitive to the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. For each other. For each other. That we're here to support each other. One of one like mind and one accord. Marking it today that it will be done. Hallelujah. We're so glory to you, Jesus. We expect good things. Father, we thank you that we have the grace to receive the, uh, the harvest that's coming. We have the grace and the anointing to receive the people that you're sending. The help that we all need. All the places in our churches, Father, that need to be filled. Other people, other things that need to be, other helpers, other graces that you're adding. We receive it and expect it. We expect change today in our pulpits tomorrow. Yes, we thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah. Glory be to God forever. Glory be to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, yes. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. And if you're an associate pastor, I need you to come here. If you're associate pastor, associate pastor's wife. I know Char, you are you and Marty, can you come? Is there anybody else? Hallelujah. We're gonna pray for Char real quick. There's grace there too. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Woo! Get a 
Eso dostundara da basa kasa katara do so baladeke. Ondora babara rasara da sotora da basa kae. Hing ondora basa ingeshe. Woo, gana masa da dinise. Eso nara masa da sotora do so dosa. Woo, dene masa kala do shotasta na nanese. Eso nara da ba. Yeah. Oh, impartations. Woo, get it a sonara. New grace. 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 Hallelujah. God is so good, y'all. He's so faithful. Ooh, glory to God. Don't count yourself out. Because you ain't done yet. I said, you ain't done yet. Amen. Where's Miss Becky? Thank y'all so much. I appreciate, I appreciate each and every one of you coming. Are you all right? <laughs> Glory to God. Now it's wow. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate every single one of you. I hope I get to visit with more as we're eating. So uh, she's got something to do, and then I think they need a few minutes to get our lunch together.